Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the Canadian Air Force responding to UFOs. That's correct, the Canadian Air Force responding to UFOs. This article comes to us from ctvnews.ca. Looks like it just came out uh, yesterday. This is October 31st, 2022. And it uh, looks like uh, Daniel Otis wrote the article. The title is UFOs, Canadian Air Force Response to Threats with CF-18 Fighter Jets. Now, they have the word threats in quotes. So I'm not sure if that's just because they're questioning the report or if this is to really get that word threats out there for the average reader to see. It says, while the, while the Canadian government and military usually don't respond to reports of unidentified flying objects, there have been some recent exceptions, including cases where CF-18 fighter jets were scrambled. This week, the U.S. intelligence community is set to release a new report on unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAP, the term American, UF, American officials use for what are more commonly known as unidentified flying objects and UFOs. In the U.S., both the Pentagon and NASA are currently researching the topic. You've got to ask yourself, what's changed? Why all of a sudden uh, have we gone from tinfoil uh, hat-wearing conspiracy theorist to being considered eyewitnesses worth interviewing? What's, what's the big shift here? For its part, the Canadian military routinely states that it does not typically investigate sightings of unknown or unexplained phenomena outside the context of investigating credible threats, potential threats, or potential distress in the case of search and rescue. It goes on, it says, neither does Canada's Transportation Department, which operates an online aviation incident database that's peppered with nearly three decades of unusual reports from soldiers, police, officers, uh, air air traffic controllers, and pilots on military, medical cargo, and passenger flights operated by WestJet, Air Canada Express, Porter Airlines, Delta, and more. In more cases, in most cases, there's little to no follow-up. So so who's the witness? Soldiers, police officers, air traffic controllers, pilots on military, medical, and cargo flights. Passenger flights operated by WestJet, Air Canada Express, Porter Airlines, Delta, and more. So you're talking about peace officers, soldiers, pilots. These would be considered reliable witnesses. Okay, These would be the kind of witnesses that people look for in a court case. I say it all the time. We can put people in prison for life based on an eyewitness account. But when it comes to seeing a UFO, we just ignore them. And this is what Canada's been doing. In most cases, there is little to no follow-up. Don't know, don't care. Reports received by Transport Canada are assessed for any immediate risk to aviation safety and security or to the Canadian public, a Transport Canada spokesperson previously told ctvnews.ca. Reports of unidentified objects can rarely be followed up on as they are 
as the title implies, unidentified. Well, I guess we could say the same thing about bank robbers. Bank robber reports are rarely ever followed up on as he was wearing a mask and he's unidentified. Can you see kind of the lackadaisical attitude taken? Two things could be happening here. Either they're just that naive and incompetent, or they are channeling all the investigative efforts away from public view into some sort of, um, you know, let's just call it what it is, deep state track, where the public is never allowed to see the investigation. I have a hard time believing that the government of Canada could be that incurious. Maybe they are. Based on the results of eight access to information requests filed with three federal agencies, these are some of the exceptions. The unknown threat, distress, and safety cases the Canadian military and government responded to. All reports come from 2016 to 2020, and all supporting documents have been included below as a downloadable PDF. Now you can you can download those at the website. Like I said, you can find this on ctvnews.ca. It says evasive action, December 22, 2016. An American Airlines flight from London to New York was more than 300 kilometers, a couple hundred miles south of Goose Bay, Labrador, on the night of December 22, 2016, when it reported a possible aircraft off its left side and below, according to a publicly available Transport Canada report. Air Traffic Control and North American Aerospace Defense Command did not observe any radar data to confirm. The report continued referring to the joint Canada-U.S. Continental Defense Group. Two other aircraft reported a possible target. So there you go. Three pilots all see the same thing. Once classified secret, digital logbook entries from the Royal Canadian Air Force provide more details. They describe the American Airlines flight taking evasive action when an unknown aircraft appeared off his left side with <clears throat> inconclusive radar data. Canada's CF-18 fighter jets were scrambled to investigate what was dubbed TOI number two, or track of interest two. Now, they say that radar was inconclusive. What does that mean? Did you see anything? Did you see nothing? Air Force personnel, meanwhile, instructed the American Airlines flight to turn 90 degrees right to separate data trail from other aircraft. Since two or more aerial objects can appear as a single radar blip if too close together, the pilot complied, and only a single radar hit was detected behind him. When the American Airlines plane returned to its original flight plan, the crew reported seeing an aircraft with a rotating white light on his left side and behind him. They weren't the only ones. Not far away near the Gulf of St. Lawrence, a Lufthansa flight soon saw something slightly below them to the left, while a Swiss flight saw white light and rotating beacon. Most air traffic controllers informed all aircraft in the area to look for unusual activity. Pilots in Canada... Flight <clears throat> fighter jets, however, were unable to locate the track of interest and returned to their home base in Bagaville, Quebec, after about an hour and a half in the air. <clears throat> I find this part about the uh, white light, this UFO, and the beacon interesting. This, this beacon, this tells me that this was a, was a pulsating or flashing light. I wonder if this thing wasn't, um, wasn't in some way trying to mimic the, beaking, the, the, the blinking lights on these airplanes because, you know, of course, airplane uh, wings, sails, whatever, they have these blinking uh, blue or red or green lights, whatever. I wonder if it wasn't doing that. I could say in my own personal experience, I think that's what happened. The one that I saw had this uh, intensely bright blue light. And looking back on it, I really believe that whatever this thing was, 
it was picking up cues from the environment. And this light was somehow imitating maybe a cell phone tower or a radio tower or something. It was trying to blend in. It's almost like a clumsy AI attempt at camouflage. And you see this happen over and over again with these UFO sightings. It says, unknown track, November 21st, 2018. CF-18s from Bagotville, Quebec, also investigated an unknown track detected steadily heading toward the north heading towards North America from the direction of Greenland on the morning of November 21st, 2018, before it faded in an area of weak radar coverage. A declassified and formerly secret NORAD report from the following day says there was nothing seen by the fighter jets and that the unknown track was ultimately deemed spurious data caused by issues at a remote NORAD installation on the North Atlantic coast in Labrador. Now look, if these radar installations are there, according to NORAD, they're, that's there to protect us from uh, incoming threats, likely Russian, maybe Chinese. If they're no more dependable than that, then we actually have a situation on our hands. And secondly, why did they make this thing secret? Okay, going on, it says, seen, seen entering the water September 3rd, 2018. Documents obtained from the RCAF's 413 Transport and Rescue Squadron in Nova Scotia described a Comrade search and rescue helicopter being dispatched to the north shore of Prince Edward Island on the night of September 3rd, 2018, to search for an unidentified object after a concerned citizen saw something fall in the water and could either confirm or deny having a person on board. Excuse me? Could never confirm or deny? Clearly labeled UFO sighting, the helicopter's crews. Mission report says they scoured the scene for nearly an hour, but there was nothing seen, and nobody needed any rescue. Hmm. Unknown, the unknown in the Caner, C-A-N-R, September 2020, some of the records obtained by the ctvnews.ca are so heavily redacted that it's impossible to know what was seen or detected or how authorities responded. Did you get that? This is, this is what you get when you get disclosure from the government. It doesn't matter if it's the Canadian government, the U.S. government, the European government. It doesn't matter. Some of the records obtained are so heavily redacted that it's impossible to know what was seen or detected. What's the point of giving somebody a piece of paper if it's completely blacked out? Okay? That's not, that's not disclosure. That's not transparency. One RCF email from, separate, from September 22nd, 2020 mentions an unknown in the CNR, which stands for Canadian NORAD region, and is Canada's realm of responsibility under NORAD. While the email implies something unknown was detected above or near Canada, the rest of the message is almost entirely, is almost entirely redacted in white. Additional RCF comments obtained by ctvnews.ca suggests military assets were airborne the day prior on September 21st, 2020. NORAD press releases also describe U.S. fighter jets responding to Russian bombers and fighters near Alaska on September 18th, 2020, followed by joint U.S.-Canada-NORAD operations over the Arctic from September 20th to 23rd, 2020. I just want to interject here. If... <clears throat> the military starts viewing these uh, UFOs as threats. And we've seen this language used a lot lately. 
then the problem that we have is that if there is an encounter between the U.S. and Canada, say, and a Russian airplane like this, all of a sudden that Russian that Russian aircraft could be mistaken for a UFO, and game's on. We're we're headed to World War Three. This is very a very dangerous detour in the narrative about UFOs. This notion all of a sudden that we've got these military personnel, ex-fire pilots, coming out and describing these things as threats. Other than the cattle mutilations and the abductions and some questionable missing person cases that we don't know where the folks ended up at, there's, other than that, there's really no evidence that these things are threats. They appear to be in the way, but as far as we know, we don't have a uh, record anywhere of a passenger airplane, say, colliding with one of these things. We're not even sure if these things are a solid object that would present a risk. Maybe you could just drive right through it. Who knows? We know that they, they travel at hypersonic, at hypersonic speeds. Perhaps they're just in our airspace because they see us as so insignificant that we aren't a threat to them. So what I'm getting at is, is if this powder keg that we're sitting on called planet Earth isn't enough, isn't, isn't dangerous enough already, if we haven't got enough hair-triggered maniacs already uh, one heartbeat away from a nuclear missile strike, then you add on top of that this notion that we could be on the verge of being attacked by an alien civilization. This makes for a very, very dangerous situation. It goes on, it says, the, redact the redactions which are currently being challenged Make it clear they shield information pertaining to international affairs and defense, as well as information that was obtained in confidence from the government of a foreign state or institution thereof, considering Canada's Norad ties to the U.S. as a likely candidate. Well, most likely uh, there was some sort of UFO spotted, and it just waltzed through the air defense system like it was nothing. Because these things don't conform to our laws of physics. We've seen this over and over and over again. They can go on the radar screen, off the radar screen. They travel at will. They travel where they want, when they want. It says, on the morning of November 14th that year, a Porter Airlines flight from Ottawa to Toronto's downtown Island Airport was over Lake Ontario and approaching its destination when, according to a Transportation Safety Board of Canada report, the flight crew noticed an object directly ahead on their flight path that appeared to be solid, approximately five to eight feet in diameter and shaped like an upright donut or inner tube. It, to avoid a collision, the captain overrode the autopilot in order to quickly descend the aircraft under the object. Well, the problem with that is, what if he's in, what if he's in congested a flight area? You know, I don't know. To me, the big danger seems to be not so much the UFOs, but the way that we react to these things. It says that two unseated flight attendants were in the process of securing the cabin for arrival and received minor injuries when they were thrown into the cabin structure. No passengers were hurt in the incident, which even made local headlines. Because of the two injuries, the TSB looked into the case but was unable to identify the object. 
the description and size of the object does not match any known commercial or consumer available unmanned aerial vehicle, a TSV spokesman said at the time. Well, it must have been the Russians. The original report Transport Canada published on the incident simply said the flight reported flying by an unidentified object, not likely a balloon. You can see how they're soft-selling it there. TSB emails reviewed by ctvnews.ca show the object may have been picked up by military radar. They also suggest that there would have been a more in-depth safety investigation had it been positively identified as a drone. Obviously not a drone. As far as the military radar goes, we know that at least the U.S. radar is far more advanced than the grainy little uh, videos that we've been showing. They're showing these things in high-def 3D from, from what they've told us. They've told us that the radar is so good that the images are so fantastic that if the rest of the world were to understand just how advanced our radar is, it would be a security threat to, to, to us. That's, that's open information on the Internet. Just look it up. Look it up. We've been told. We can't show you the radar. And in so many words, they've told us are, that the U.S. radar is so good, it's just so awesome, high def, that we can't share it with you because if you saw it, then that means the Russians and the Chinese would see it, and then that would be a security threat. Think about that. They know these things exist. Think about the fact that they've come out recently admitted that they have uh, multiple sighting, uh, UF, multiple source sightings of UFOs. We've gone over that in the podcast. Military on the ground, military in aircraft, and satellite. Eyes on the object at the same time. Video evidence from all three at the same time. They've told us that. That's in the public domain. So of course they know these things are real. The government of Canada takes up UA reports seriously. Yeah, right. A spokesman from the RCAF in the Canadian NORAD region confirmed that Air Force assets responded to the unknown track in search and rescue cases from 2016 and 2018. An unknown track or unknown aircraft, whether detected on radar or visually by, an, uh, by other aircraft crew, is exactly that, unknown. And this is the status of many tracks aircraft until they are identified, until they are identified or characterized, the spokesman explained in an email to ctvnews.ca. Accordingly, such unknown tracks slash aircraft could be many things, some of which may constitute a credible threat. We don't know that. We have no idea what these things are. The search and rescue case, they added, is not unusual as crews often respond to reports of perceived distress like floating life jackets or adrift in unoccupied boats. Now, a floating life jacket or an adrift and unoccupied boat is not the same thing as a sizable object plummeting from the air lit up like some kind of a craft falling into the water. So two completely different things. The RCF and NORAD, however, did not comment on the intriguing unknown in the CANR document from September 2020 and a previous exchange citing existing redactions. In other words, this page has been blocked out. You can't see it. NORAD has a well-established process to assess and, when appropriate, respond to potential threats, the spokesman said. For reasons of operational security, we will not provide specifics on how threats are assessed. You know, if these things are a threat, don't wait for the government to tell you. Transport Canada has also, 
Transport Canada also cautions that reports found in its aviation incident database contain preliminary, unconfirmed data, which can be subject to change. The government of Canada takes UAP reports seriously because they can present a real threat to aviation safety, such as an unidentified drone or rogue balloon. There again, they're, they're mixing terms on us. These things are not drones. They're not rogue balloons. Balloons and drones don't travel to hypersonic speeds. A Transport Canada spokesman told ctvnews.ca, quote, we will consider how we can improve the safety network, including taking in reporting from other department sources. Well, taking in the reports is not the problem. Sharing the reports is the problem. I see zero commitment to investigation. Since 2021, the U.S. has released an unclassified intelligence report on UAP, and there has, and there has ever been a congressional, and there has even been a congressional hearing, the first of its kind in over five decades. The author said, "Quote: We have detected no emanate." emanations with the UAP task force that would suggest it's anything non-terrestrial in origin, Scott Bray, the deputy director of U.S. Naval Intelligence, said during the May 2022 hearing. Excuse me? We have detected no emanations? I like to throw those big words in. See, they like to use vocabulary sometimes just to let you know that they're superior to you. They know a few words that you may or may not know. But what they're really doing is just shoveling a lot of nonsense. Anybody with uh, education over about the fourth grade can look at the videos that were released by the Navy and see that those objects are traveling in ways that do not conform to the laws of physics by the very definition of how these things operate. It would imply with great certainty that they are not man-made, and that they are not terrestrial, that they are in fact non-terrestrial in origin. It goes on, it says, we know that our service members have encountered unidentified and aerial phenomena. Ronald Moultrie, who oversees the Pentagon's current UAP research office, also said, we're open to any conclusions that we may encounter. Look, if the Congress is really serious about investigating UFOs, and I don't think they are, but if they were, they could uh, outsource this I don't know, hire Elon Musk maybe. They could outsource this, this to, say, a half a dozen different groups. Maybe MUFON, maybe uh, Mr. Bigelow, some of the, some of the guys that are, that are in this. Maybe they could just crowdsource it. And then they could, they could uh, demonstrate complete transparency, and we could look at this thing as a group, not just toss this off to the military. Do we really expect transparency from the military? When a, when a big part of their job op, operation is to exercise deception? That's silly. goes on, it says, ctvnews.ca consulted with two former RCAF, RCAF pilots and a U.S.-based UAP researcher who reviewed the documents used for the story. Robert Powell is an Austin, Texas-based Texas engineer and founding member of the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, which is an international think tank dedicated to applying scientific principles to UAP research. That scares me a little bit. I haven't researched this group yet. I will at some point, but who's paying the bill? You know, you always have to follow the money in these things. 
Powell considered the data for the two incidents involving Canadian fighter jets to be somewhat contradictory. Regarding the two six, 2016 Porter Airlines incident, he said, this is a good example of the safety hazards associated with UAP, whether this, is, whether this one was man-made or not. For Powell, the mysterious unknown and the CANR records from 2020 were the most troubling. This is the type of secrecy level that is maintained by the U.S. investigations of UAP where even the shape of an object is deemed to be too secret and is redacted, Powell told ctvnews.ca. These are levels of secrecy that are not compatible with the tenets of democracy and allow for selective control of information by the government. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Donald Spike Cavalich is a recently retired Transport Canada surveillance pilot who also spent more than two decades flying for the RCAF. He found the first case involving the American Airlines flight in 2016 to be particularly interesting because of the multiple witnesses. This case alone justifies the more concerted effort by Transport Canada and the RCAF to identify who is infringing on our airspace and putting travelers and crews at risk. Cavalich told ctvnews.ca from BC, the fact our fighter jets didn't see anything is not surprising. It's a big, big sky. Cavalich also thought the PEI case from 2018 was not very credible and believed the Porter Airlines pilot in 2016 may have dodged a balloon. How does he make that assumption? That would be my question. Although he does not think there's enough evidence to make a firm conclusion. What is relevant is that an unknown airborne object caused a commercial airliner to take evasive action, which resulted in injuries to crew members on a commercial flight. He said, our official response to that seems lacking, in my opinion, and is there, and is, and there is further justification for our central office to correlate and investigate these potentially hazardous events. John Jock Williams spent more than two decades flying fighter jets for the Royal Canadian Air Force and later worked as a Transport Canada flight safety officer. He believes Canadian officials should be following up on the credible UAP reports that they receive, like those from fellow pilots, even if people are actually just seeing relatively ordinary objects like drones and balloons. It is apparent that the Canadian forces and the Transport Canada both look upon these events just as potential enforcement matters of no scientific import when sold ctvnews.ca from Toronto. I see zero commitment to investigation. Wow. Anyway, pretty good article. Zero commitment to investigation. You know what? I'm not sure about that. What I see is zero commitment to transparency. But you can find that article on ctvnews.ca, UFOs, Canadian Air Force Response to Threats with CF-18 fighter jets. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.